guess <laughs> evening if you're listening to this when it comes out. But um, this is an it is like er- five a.m. for Sabrina. I am watching the sunrise. How lovely! I know. I was shocked when you wanted to do it this early. I'm like, okay, it's fine for me. I'm like, oh, it's almost nine a.m. Leia's a little confused. We're good. She's like, she's doing this thing now where she sits in front of my light. I'm like, is it warm? It must be. She likes it. It must be. It's like it definitely sun. is. I'm already sweating with the lights on. Who? Uh, this is two girls, one two ghost. Girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. Oh, there's my light. <laughs> and there's my shaking table. <laughs> the video shaking. It's like thunder. <laughs> Earthquake. Um, that's Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. Hi. And this is an encounters episode. And you guys, we are so excited. Our new format starts this week, basically. Next week. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. So stoked. Wait, I also forgot to tell you on the last episode that we recorded, uh, because you had just gotten yeah. back from Europe and I think I was just very focused on that. I ran into someone who listens to our podcast what? at yeah, at the Roaring Twenties party, I actually feel it's I've been crippled with guilt about it ever since it happened. Why? This woman came up and she was like, Are you Korean? Well, okay, let me back up. Yes. The Roaring Twenties party at the Crane Estate mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. It happens every single year, and every single year I go. This is my third year mm-hmm. going. All of the grass was completely dead. <gasps> it has been so hot. Whoa. I was sweating my ass <laughs> off. We were literally buying like freezer packs of of alcohol just to put on our bodies and on our oh necks. But you it, it was miserable. Like truly, I got in the car and I cried. <laughs> I was like that was so bad. We so normally hot. stay the whole time. This time we lasted like 2 hours. Everyone was dropping like flies. Oh my gosh. So anyway, I'm carrying these the like the heaviest picnic basket ever <laughs> filled with water and snacks and all the stuff that we didn't even get to because we weren't there nearly long enough. Okay. But I'm I'm carrying all this. I'm sweating my fucking ass off. I think I'm going to faint. Like I'm truly – heat stroke is oh, no. upon me and I'm going to perish before I get back to my car. That would and be a someone good goes, place to haunt Wait, though. are you <laughs> – right? Yeah, beautiful. But someone says, are you Corinne? And I turn and there's this woman in the most beautiful 1920s, like the best costume I've ever oh seen. Gosh. I was like, oh my God, this I'm so jealous of this <laughs> costume. It was so, so great. Anyway – I feel like I was I was near death and dripping sweat, and so I feel bad that I didn't get to spend as much time chatting because I was like literally about to pass out. Oh, wait, that's so but cute. We took a photo. I can't remember her name, but she just moved here from Hawaii. So, oh, welcome to Massachusetts from Hawaii. Wow. What a that's a change. What a band aid rip <laughs> that will be. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay, that's amazing. Our friend, kind of similar. Our friend Allie was on the plane. Yes, the other day. And looks over and saw the stranger next to her, our, our new BFF, was listening. Stranger to Allie, friend, friend to us. To us. Yes. <laughs> was listening to Two Girls, One Ghost. And she was like, wait a second. I need to send this to Sabrina and Corinne. And sure enough. It was so cool. When Allie sent that to us, I felt like the text was so out of context. I thought Allie yes. was just on the plane next to one of our friends. I go, LOL, who's I that? I was like, Lee She's or like, someone. Yeah. Exactly. Me too. Yeah. I thought it was one yeah, of our friends listening. And she was like, it's it's someone sitting next to me on the airplane. And I'm like, who? And she's like, I, I, don't, I know. don't know. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I do have – I saved – So cool. Their, they sent an email, so I have it saved for eventually. Okay. Perfect. Right. Yay. Leia actually is helping me out because I think I woke up paler than I went to sleep. And the light is just <laughs> – 
<laughs> illuminating my pale skin. I was just on vacation. What is happening? Oh, it's okay. Leia's in front of the light, but you know what? This is an early morning encounter. It is what it is. If you're watching video, you get to experience the ambiance of uh, Sabrina in the darkness and Leia's lovely, yeah, experience beefy body true covering the light. Vampire self. We have ghost stories. That's what we do here. Yes. Should I start us off? Let's tell them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then next week we'll also have encounters because now we'll have encounters every single every week. Okay. Let me start with this is a story from our listener Julia and it's called My Childhood Ghost Didn't Know She Was Dead? Question mark. Oh, now I already feel bad. Oh. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I hope in a good way. I hope it was just like living the best life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, hello, Ghostesses. We'll see. My name is Julia, a longtime listener from Richmond, Virginia. I love listening to you. Here comes the light. <laughs> I can see Liz's shadow on the can wall you? being projected, her walking back and you forth. Just Why don't you go sit down? No, you can sit there. Yeah, you do what you want to do. It's your day. I love listening to you on my hour-long commute to teach high school art. Seems fitting to be the quirky art teacher listening to spooky stories at 6 in the morning before painting and drawing all day. Anyway, my story takes place when I was a child back in the house I grew up in. It was a small trailer in a not-so-great neighborhood in Virginia Beach, and it wasn't glamorous by any means, but as a kid, I was excited to live to next to the beach. We moved in oh, me too. when I was around. Vicariously through this listener, I'm like, oh, that sounds so nice. You're close to the I water. I see myself there. Yeah. The smell of low tide. Mm. We moved in when I was around three or four years old, and being in that trailer just never felt right. I had a paranoia to no end and would run from room to room, feeling as if people were watching me. So the title of this email implies that the ghost haunting our trailer did not know she was dead. You know, I'm not even certain if it was a female spirit, but my gut tells me she was. So this story will mesh my own memories, which aren't complete, let's be honest, I was young, with my mom's memories that she told me after the fact as to not freak out her children during the haunting. <laughs> I recall our microwave buttons constantly beeping, like always. I would ask my mom, why is the microwave always beeping even though we aren't cooking? And she would just reply, oh, it's probably just broken. I was a kid and adult things. <laughs> I thought they were going to say, it's probably just the ghost. <laughs> I was a kid and adult things like microwaves made no sense to me, so I just believed her. But it got annoying to all parties involved, and eventually my mom got us a new one. But... It did not stop. My mom tried everything, moving it to a new outlet, leaving it unplugged even, and then nothing worked. Unplugged? unplugged. That is where you cannot deny. <laughs> like Any skeptic at that point, what is your excuse? What do you think is happening now that it's been unplugged? No. That's what yeah. I'm curious about. There's so many examples Ghosts of this. energy. You don't need to plug it in. Mm -hmm. Nothing seemed to work. We also had one of those cool 90s touch lamps that everyone had. You touch the base of it to turn it on and keep tapping to adjust the brightness. That too would go on and off, adjusting its own levels on its own. I thought nothing of this, but it seemed to bother my mom as that lamp was quickly removed from our house. So, so some failing <laughs> electronics, how can one pin this on the paranormal? We already know how, but... <laughs> Julia says, you see, my mom later confided to me what was really going on. It seemed we had a spirit who didn't know she had passed on. Remember that microwave? Well, turns out it wasn't just typing in random numbers. No, it would put in 911 over and over again, nonstop. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
Ooh, I have chills. I have chills. Yes, you heard that right. 911, like the people you call in an emergency. I hypothesized that maybe she was reliving a part of her life, desperately trying to call for help. Maybe she didn't know what was going on and 911 is who we think to call when all else fails. I'm not sure, but that fact sticks with me. It could have been random numbers, but no, it was always 911. This didn't last forever though. One day it just stopped. Silly kid me didn't even really realize it had stopped as I didn't pay much attention to the events to begin with. One day my mom had had enough. While we were out of the house, she laid her foot down and kindly told the spirit that they were unfortunately no longer alive and needed to leave the house as it's ours now. She was scared that things would escalate and she didn't want us growing up with that. But after she laid down the law, it seems as all stopped or did it. My feelings of paranoia never fully went away until I moved out at 18 and my mom actually got rid of the microwave and we really never used one again in that house. I have many more stories if you want to hear them. Yes, we do. Like how I remembered my past life in a dream and my mom confirmed it with what I said as a child or the time I used a spirit box in a Civil War cemetery. Just wanted to say thanks for all you two do to build such a great community and podcast. You make my long commute so much more tolerable, and I don't feel so alone in my curiosities with the unknown. With that, I hope your technology doesn't become a method of communication with the otherworldly. See you on the other side, Julia. I need to know (laughs) about the past life. I know. Memories and having that confirmed. Definitely need to know all All of of those. Stories. Well, oh my gosh. Okay, this is making me so sad. This is this reminds me of the movie The Others, you know, with mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman not really realizing that she and her children are dead and just assuming that there's an intruder, assuming assuming that there are emergencies around them. Yeah. But not really understanding exactly what's happening. That it's depressing to think that that a spirit could be so incredibly confused. To the point where they truly are scared in their state. And typing 911 over and over into the microwave because there's no other way to express or like try to find help. Yeah, the need for help. Oh my gosh. It did make me wonder too. Do we know what year this was? Mm, I don't. It, Julia said that they had those 90s lamps. So I'm imagining the 90s. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I was also thinking, I mean, obviously 911 is in America, the, the emergency line, call the police. But at the same time, it was also making me wonder if it was like 9-11. Oh. You know, like a this is who I am and how I died and I need help I moving on. That. But if it was in the 90s, yeah. then no. And I do. Truly just a call for authorities. Yeah. It does make me sad. It's like I wish because it seems like, you know, there's sometimes where you're like, oh, this spirit might just be connected to the land. It does feel like it's connected to this home specifically. Yeah. So I want, I wish there was a way. I wonder what happened to the. To know. I want answers. Right. What happened to the spirit? And then also what happened to the spirit after her mom was saying, you gotta, you gotta go. Maybe was they it, were able to move on because they realized that they were dead. I hope yeah, so. Me too. But is it also just like, it? what is time in general, but also like in the spirit world? Could it have just been where the spirit is still there, but was just spiraling and trying to figure out what was going on with them and yeah, entered know. this you know, depressive state for what they felt like was a few days, but to us maybe was... 30 years. Did I tell you about that book I just read? It's called Under no. the Whispering Door by, I think his name is TJ Klein. Um, it's really good, It's but it's about like when you die. Well, it's about a, a specific man who's like old, like kind of commodity and mean and not great. And he dies and he's, mm-hmm. when you die, you're, you have like a, someone who like guides you to the afterlife. And I love this oh. idea of every person gets 
someone to guide them. Yeah. It's a, it's reminding me now of the Midnight Library, which I finally oh, read. Good. Love it. It was good. It does make you think all those books where you're kind of like in the in-between. What does truly mm-hmm. happen? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, hopefully we don't find out for a long time because we perish, but rather because spirits decide to tell us the secrets of the universe. Or aliens tell me as well, you know. Either one. (laughs) Or aliens. I'm open to either. Okay. I have one. This is called Two Evils, One House, and it is from our listener, our phantom, Heather. Hey, hello. How are you? (laughs) Great. (laughs) Like like everyone, I'm obsessed with the podcast. I'm constantly walking around my house with earbuds in and i recently discovered it and have binged almost the first two years already and this was recent that this was sent in got many more episodes to catch up on heather yes, you do welcome uh, and also trigger warning for anybody who's listening this story is is going to involve uh violence and child abuse I have many ghost stories from childhood. Like you guys have mentioned, negative energies swarm to bad situations. I grew up in an old farmhouse near Madison, Wisconsin, like basement access outside cellar doors and dirt floor old. And on top of the house, just being old and creepy in general, my father was also an abusive drunk. One night, I can't remember why, my dad had hit me and he sent me to bed without dinner. I ran to my bedroom, which was the master room in the house. I shared it with my older sister, and the bedroom opened up to the hallway. On the left was sliding doors to a walk-in closet, and on the right was a bathroom that we refused to ever go in or use. If you walked down the hall to my room, it opened up to the actual room part, slanted ceilings, and all the glory. And I went into the room, I flopped onto the bed, into my pillow, and I cried. I'm crying so hard. I'm shaking. I'm gagging. All of a sudden, I feel a hand rub on my back and a womanly voice whisper, shh, dear. I whipped my head up and I looked around and out of nowhere, I hear my dad yell from the bottom of the stairs, hey, Heather, I'm so sorry. Come back down. Mm. I felt relieved since I was so scared that he had touched me. So I ran back down the stairs and I went over to my dad and I said, hi. And he once again hit me. Oh my God. I screamed and he sent me to my room for the rest of the night. Turning around and once again going to my room, I heard a laugh. It was a low and barking like (gasps) laugh. I jumped under my covers, squeezed my eyes shut and I went to sleep. Oh my gosh. Another time me and my older sister were playing hide and seek. I was hiding in our room when you walked into the slanty ceiling space. Straight ahead was a window And my bed was to the right of the doorway opening, and my dresser was by the window to the right. My sister had her dresser on the left side of the wall next to the doorway and her bed by the wall space next to the window. There was enough space between the wall and the dresser that she had an art easel there. Old school child style. So under that was where I was hiding. I heard movement from my bedroom hallway, and I peeked between the wall and the dresser, looking towards the doorway. And when I looked, that is when I caught a woman wearing a white, old-style nightgown. My five-year-old self screamed. When I turned my head towards it, a white floating mist with two red eyes was right in front of my (gasps) face. As you can probably imagine, growing up was interesting. (laughs) I have more stories if you're interested. One of them is about what happened to my son when he was one year old and in childcare. Let me know if you want to hear them. I'll see you on the other side. Heather. Okay. Yeah, we would love yeah. to hear them. Heather. Heather, I'm so, I'm so sorry. sorry that that's you and your sister yeah, didn't get to fully be kids in your yeah. home because you Ugh, you had it breaks my heart. The the fear and the the need to 
Yeah. Keep safe. And on top of that, for like, you know, there to be multiple spirits in this house that are feeding off of that energy and taunting you. Like, that's just, I was so so glad at first when I had heard the first part of the story where the spirit was, you know, scratching her back and the kind of the way that Corinne, you talk about the spirit that growing up would comfort you like that. But then for it to immediately, I mean, maybe there were multiple spirits coming through. I don't know. But for then for it immediately to come back or another spirit come in that's like growling and menacing and laughing at the situation is so heartbreaking. Right. And it makes me think that it's the same entity, especially because Heather, again, saw this woman that sounds like it could be the same woman that that had that voice. But then that woman turned into these red eyes right in front of her. So it's, it seems like there's some spirit or some entity that either started out as this woman or has taken on the appearance of that woman and is using that to kind of lower people's guards and then contribute to the anxieties and the terror that was within this house. I do not like that. No, I do not. No. It makes me wonder too when demons and when entities put on the appearance of someone normal, Mm -hmm. someone trustworthy, you know, not like a normal like creature like – Thing that you would immediately be scared of. Was this woman in the white nightgown once someone who lived in this house that the oh. demon was like, that's an appearance that I'm going to use in the future? I, yeah. I don't – where do they get their inspiration is what you're asking? Yeah. I don't know. Where's their Pinterest board? <laughs> how do they choose their next outfit? That's a good question. I wonder if they can – you know how they say you can't dream anyone you've never seen before? Even if like. But mm-hmm. you can dream like someone you pass on the street that you didn't really engage with. So it does feel like it's a stranger. Like I yeah. wonder if they have a, the ability to tap into that and they pick just like a random person from your collection. Have you have you seen all those videos on TikTok of people who are pretending – I think it's called – I'm not a gamer, but I think it's called NPC, like a non-player oh, yeah. character. Mm-hmm. And people are doing the – they're pretending to be yeah. them and reenacting things in real life. And some people are so good. Like they look like Sims. They look like the NPCs. It is freaky. It makes me kind of lose a bit of my reality when I watch those we videos. We are I'm like, all freaked part out. of the, uh, the game. We are Sims players. We are. We're all in this matrix together. Telling ghost stories, baby. So that's our reality. What's that movie? There was a movie that came out like a year or two ago with Jodie Comer's in it from Killing Eve. And it's about like the video game. Oh, I'm blanking oh i don't know all right well someone comment it below because i forget comment below (laughs) tell us what we did wrong please (laughs) tell me how bad my brain is thoroughly that's my excuse (laughs) so my first story was a ghost that didn't know that they had died this story Mm -hmm. is from our listener sam and it's called i know i died but somehow i'm still here (laughs) Ooh, ooh, ooh. okay is this a ghost emailing us or is this like a timeline hop You'll find situation? out. Okay. Okay. And it just goes right into it. These <laughs> premonitions are scaring me. No, I'm already scared. This is, oh. You know when people give the prompts online and they're like, tell me a scary story within six words. This is, this is that. <laughs> That's the sentence right there. Spooked. No, thanks. The premonition started when I was pretty young with small things. I could tell you when the phone was about to ring with an important call or when a family member was about to knock on the door. I knew days in advance when my best friend was going to ask me to come over. I knew when something bad was going to happen. 
sometimes not knowing details, but would know who was going to be hurt or upset. As I got older. That's so tough. It is, especially not knowing like the specificity, like you can't do anything about it. Yeah. As I got older, they shifted. For example, I had called my dad to say I was going down to visit my dying aunt after having a dream I was at her bedside while she passed, only for him to tell me that she passed overnight. I had a dream I was in the hospital with my dad and grandma because he was sick, only to get a call in the morning that him and my grandma were both sick and in the hospital. Several times I have scrolled through social media and come across someone's profile who I hadn't talked to in years and couldn't seem to scroll past. In stalker fashion, I felt like I needed to check in several times a day. And generally, by the end of that day, I would see that they had passed. Sometimes. Oh, I can't even imagine going through that day. Just the stress. And the first time it happens, like, you don't think anything of it. But then for it to, you know, I don't know how often this happens for Sam, but yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a feeling, but most of the time it's a dream or a daydream. A lot of the time, they are someone dying. It's like I'm watching it or even right by their side, holding their hand as they die, feeling every emotion and pain they feel as their soul leaves their body. I'd like to put a trigger warning on this part because it's gruesome. So pause for two seconds if you want to skip ahead. This is a trigger warning episode. Yeah. I had a dream the other night, but I'm terrified it was a premonition because I can still feel the ache of what happened. I was driving a few miles from my house when someone cut me off on the road. I honked and he got angry and stopped, blocking the road. I swerved to avoid hitting him and came to a stop in the road. He stormed out of his car and quickly walked to mine with a gun in his hand. As he got to my door, he raised it, pointing it at my head. My only reaction was to look back and make sure my kids were not in the car, then look ahead out of the front window. I heard the bang and felt the pressure through the side of my head, and for days after, I had a headache on the side of my head in the same spot, and some days, it's still sore there. In this dream, I know I did not survive. First off, I'm sure it's nearly impossible to survive that kind of injury, and on top of that, I felt my soul come out of my body and saw the aftermath in third person before I jolted awake. It's one of those dreams where I'd like to assume it's not a premonition, but I can still tell you the exact spot where I was shot. So has this premonition just not happened yet? Or did I die on another timeline and jump to the one I'm currently in? Or was it for once just a bad dream? I love your podcast and listen to it every day. My life is chaotic. It's a haunted mess. So I have many other stories I will be sending you. Thank you, Sam. Sam, I'm horrified for you. That is so scary. There's Road rage really does terrify me. Yes, yes. Because you can't trust other people. No, no, you can't. What's tough with this is because Sam has had so many premonitions, Mm -hmm. it's hard to know if this is just a warning to be careful and to avoid confrontation with this person in the future. Or if this is truly like it happened and Sam is now leapt forward to another timeline. Is it picking up life where it was lost in the the previous life. It's so weird. Like I, I, a part of me really does believe in that idea that you jump timelines if you die mm-hmm. in one. But then it's like, at what point does this life end for you? Right. Because at what point do you become a ghost and how is that decided? And so it's hard for me to fully process what accepting that theory looks like. 
Yeah, because if there are infinite lives and infinite possibilities, the chances of you, well, uh, yeah, I guess what is your longest life? Yeah. Because we as humans, our bodies have an expiration date at some point. We don't live forever. So do you keep jumping? But but then it's like, wouldn't everyone conscious the consciousness, like, is there one version that just know. jumps from every single life? Yeah. And who even is the other version? Is it a split consciousness where some of you is stronger and more aware than other versions of you? Is that why I'm so tired? You? I don't have my full consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Girl, where are you? Billie Eilish said it. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? That's a good question. You know, what's happening? Mm, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, that is... That's that's a wild experience. Yeah, I hope it's not a premonition. Yeah. I really I really hope so too. And if it is, Sam, I hope that I don't know if there's a way to not honk at cars if they cut you off in the future. I don't know. Just just to be yeah. safe. I do wonder I don't really know. I know. Or if you can remember who that guy but don't pull over, you know, like just, just keep going. Keep keep driving or something. Or I don't know. But the guy blocked the road in his story. I don't oh, it's so frustrating. Oh, I Sam, I hope you stay safe. I know. It's scary because there are stories like that that, that truly happens. It's in the I, news every yeah, once awful. in a while, which is now bringing me to my next thought, which is let's say Sam that did happen to yeah. Sam. And in a different version of Sam's life, Sam was shot and killed in a road rage incident and is now blooping to this new yeah. life. Bloop. Is there someone else who remembers Sam dying in a previous life? that blooped to the same timeline oh. as Sam. You know, how does that work? we've had a few stories. Right. And like, how do you know? I mean, I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> the OA, I cannot believe it didn't get renewed, but that was going to essentially be the, the next season. Yeah. Remember, two of them blipped at mm -hmm. different times into a new life. Yeah, I don't know. So it makes, it's a thinker. It is a thinker. thinker. All right, what do you have? I don't know. This is half the Marvel movies. I know. It's all Doctor Strange. Give me the answers, please. <laughs> Help us. Help us. Okay. This is called sleep paralysis, astral projection, and possessed dolls. Oh, the combo. Okay. The trifecta, baby. I'm, glad I'm up for the day, not going to bed. <laughs> Hi, ladies. I discovered your podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I love it. This was back in 2019, okay. so... Hopefully, Emma's still with Please us. Please still be with us. I had been looking for something to quench my thirst for spook and your show does the job. I've been binge listening since I found the podcast and I'm not quite caught up yet. So I hope you haven't changed emails since the last year. No, we never have. So mm -hmm. send us your listener stories. I have three stories for you. The first two are short, but require some exposition. So please bear with me. I've experienced sleep paralysis many times in my life and only discovered a few years ago that for me at least... It was caused by sleeping on my back. As of now, I only sleep on my side or on my stomach. The most terrifying time this happened, I was visiting my boyfriend, now fiance, Jake. I was taking a nap next to him while he played video games and I woke up. I could not move and I remember actually hyperventilating. I was aware of Jake's presence next to me, but I was clearly not hyperventilating in the physical realm as he did not react or try to wake me up. Since then, I've had a few more moments of sleep paralysis before I made the connection to sleeping on my back. The most prominent one happened during my senior year of high school. I just turned 18 and immediately fled from my mother's house to live with my best friend, <laughs> and their parents were kind enough to take me in and let me take over the guest room. One night, I was sleeping in the guest room when the sleep paralysis hit me again, but this time was different. If I tried hard enough, I could move my spectral form, <gasps> but only a little. Oh my gosh. I knew I was asleep, but... 
wanted some sort of evidence that I had really been astral projecting, and I got it. On the nightstand next to me, I kept my laptop and a small webcam that I used to chat with friends. It was pretty inexpensive as far as webcams go, so I felt like it would be okay to experiment (laughs) with and not have to worry too much about the cost. Plus, it was the only small thing within reach. So with my spectral form, I grabbed the webcam and I threw it across the room. Oh, that was about all of the movement I had energy for. The next that's day, a lot the of webcam energy. was still. That's a lot of energy. I feel like that's more than a lot of spirits are able yeah. to do. Man, I mean, I must have wanted to do it so yeah, bad. So cool. The next day, the webcam was still on the nightstand, but when I went to use it, it no longer worked. I think that objects also have spectral forms and that in displacing the camera's spectral form, I somehow broke it in the physical realm. I can move a little further away every time I astral project now, but it takes so much energy to do it that I don't really try it very often. I never ever thought of objects having astral Spirit, like forms yeah. as well. That's so fascinating. It's it's so interesting. That's yeah, Whoa. truly so fascinating. The next story took place after I graduated from high school. I went to stay with Jake and his family. Again, I was taken in by wonderful and generous people. His mother is a Presbyterian minister, so out of respect to her religion, I slept in the guest room while Jake remained in his room. Almost immediately, I got a bad vibe when I was in the guest room. I didn't want to complain because I didn't want to sound ungrateful, so I ignored the feeling and I settled in for bed. This is where things got creepy. There were three porcelain dolls in the corner of the room on their own tiny bed. I didn't like them, and I spent a long time staring at them. Their eyes were closed, which brought me a little bit of comfort, but I turned off the lights and I went to set my phone on the nightstand. I missed, and it went on the floor. Sighing, I turned the light back on, only to find that the doll's eyes were now open. (laughs) I had never been so afraid in my life. I sprinted down the hall to Jake's room, explained what happened, and sleepy and confused, he walked back to the guest room with me and threw a blanket (laughs) over the dolls. I pointed out that they would still be in the room with me, and he moved them into the office. This wasn't very helpful as he put them right in front of the office, which I had to pass by to get to the bathroom. Oh my gosh. So we ended up switching bedrooms, but those dolls still freak me out to this day. Thanks for reading. I hope I didn't spook you too bad. See you on the other side. Okay, well, Em, you're powerful as can be. So cool. I know. Um, Teach me your ways. That's where you need to go into your spectral self. I know. Punch the spectral (laughs) dolls and be like, stop. Close their eyes again. Yeah. Do not open your eyes again. (laughs) Um, I just – I spent last night – because for our new format, I'm first and I'm really excited about what I picked. But I spent the night researching last night. So I was up really late researching and doing some things. And just haunted objects are so dang terrified. That's a teaser for everyone. Mm-hmm. But they're so – it just it feels so unfair. It's like you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know when yeah. they're going to act. And when it's doll form and you're sleeping with them, mm-mm, nope. Yeah. I mean, all of this – we've had so many stories of life-size Barbie dolls coming to life and like – fully moving throughout the room. There's too many examples. This is why the Chucky movies were yeah. successful in, in being scary because you never know what's going to happen and how much something's going to move or what they're going to be able to do. I mean, that's the whole Conjuring series is Annabelle the doll. Yeah. That sparked that. Gosh. In the, the actual projecting, I think part of the reason I love this encounters and M's experiences so much is because 
I think discovering that you have sleep paralysis or essentially like astral project when on your back would make me think that some people would be like, oh, well, it's not something spooky. It's actually just like this weird phenomenon that happens when I'm sleeping on my back. So I won't sleep on my back. But I love that M went a step further I was like, I'm going to prove that there really is something happening to me when I'm experiencing this. And I'm going to like exit my body a little bit and test things out and shove things. Like it's a real experience. Yes. Yes. That's what I would do. Is it just easier for your soul soul to release some of the tether, I guess, when you're on your back? It's a good question. I mean, just to be able to astral project, I feel like it's such a unique... If you can do it, I feel like you're just a magical human being. And I I wish I had more skills. Yeah. Well, you love aliens and it's making me think perhaps when we're in that position, it's like an easy way to be beamed up to the mothership. What if... What if the ozone is just like a giant magnet? Now I'm getting like real conspiracy. Forget science. <laughs> the whole sky is a magnet. And we all just get swooped up to oh the sky. Oh swooped up. Okay, I'll start sleeping on my back then. Swoop me up. Yeah. Also, Give look, it a you try. can see the sun coming in. Wow, beautiful. Ah. <laughs> You're singing Ariel? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A little mermaid felt fitting. <laughs> What do I do next? (laughs) 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 Okay, this is a story. I'll just do astral projection because you just did one. We're on the topic. Okay, this is from our listener, Vanessa, and it is called A Nighttime with Sabrina's Blue Bee and My Boyfriend Astral Projects During Sexy Time? Question mark. Oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love it. Getting a little dirty. Hi, ghost sisters. Little two girls, one ghost yes. after dark tonight. Hello. This morning. Well, whenever Hello. you listen. It's never too early. My name is Vanessa, and I have two stories for you. The first one has to do with Sabrina's story she shared on Campfire Stories about having a blue bee in her mouth after it being in her drink. Yes, I do not <laughs> love remembering that moment. <laughs> I still feel it in my mouth. Oh, <sighs> That same <laughs> night, I had a dream. I cannot recall how I got where I was, but all I remember was having a blue bee in my mouth, and all of a sudden, my body in the dream started shaking and vibrating violently as the bee was trying so hard to escape, but I could not open my mouth. It was almost like my mouth was sealed shut, and all I could do was scream with my mouth closed as my body continued to vibrate. I hate this. Mm -hmm. I suddenly wake up, and I immediately hear an echo of a scream. I'm so shaken up and scared that I don't open my eyes as I search for my phone to check the time. It was 3.13 a.m. I turn on my lights and sit up to pull myself together, and I realize that something was wrong. Every night when I go to bed, I have a little basket by my pillow where I put my nighttime essentials. I love love this. I need to adopt this. My chapstick, lotion, my light remote, etc., When I turn on my lights, my basket and all of the things that were inside of it were thrown across the room. This experience is unexplainable. It could have been paranormal, the echo of the scream I heard when I woke up, waking up at 3 a.m., my basket and things being thrown across the room, but I also think it could have been me. I had night terrors when I was a teenager where I would cry and scream in my sleep, yet I had not had one in years. Perhaps the echo of the scream I heard was my scream, and the basket of things being thrown with me throwing them in my sleep. I guess I might never really know, but that night really spooked me. I like that I instilled this terrible night terror upon Vanessa. Uh, I know. 
But I, now I'm now the whole my mind is going straight to astral projection and and slapping it and everybody being way more powerful <laughs> than they know. Everyone is, can harness this energy. We just have to figure out what triggers Let's it. Let's do a group astral projection. Meet you guys in the astral plane later. Meet up. Great. TGOG meet up. Yeah, we'll do a live show, <gasps> but in astral form. So everybody just come sit on your couch, but join yes. us at the astral <laughs> theater. <laughs> Leave your bodies behind. October 31st. <laughs> okay, my second story consists of adult themes. So if there are any listeners with kiddos, uh, maybe it's a good time to skip forward. My boyfriend believes in all things supernatural and paranormal, as I do. The only difference is that he's such a scaredy cat when it comes to it and tries to avoid all things related. A few weeks ago, he caught me off guard with a question. Babe, do you know about astral projection? And I answered with, yes. Why? Tell me why this man explains to me how he believes that he astral projects while we do the deed. At first, I laugh because I think he's just being dramatic, but he continues to explain to me in all seriousness how when he climaxes, he can actually see himself when it happens. At this point, I'm flabbergasted because I cannot believe what I'm hearing with my own two ears and that after four years, I am finding out that my boyfriend can astral project. He proceeds to tell me that he has also had experiences where he can be in one room, but feel and see himself in another room. Dr. Strange who? As I'm taking everything in, my jaw is dropped to the floor, my thoughts running 200 miles per second, thinking how this changes our sex life and his life. And he says he has no control over it and doesn't seem to like, want any control over it. He says that he does not mind it happening naturally, but I think he might be a bit scared, which I don't blame him. Thanks for reading my stories. Mm -hmm. I've been listening since the beginning, and it's been a joy to see you gals grow and accomplish so much. Much love, and I'll see you on the other side. Vanessa. Oh, my gosh. There's there's no way (laughs) I would be able to engage in sexy time ever again without being fully fixated on like seeing the actual yeah. form when it happens. I'd be like, I this isn't even about me. This is fully <laughs> a paranormal investigative experience right now. It doesn't surprise me though, because I feel like that's such a physical, emotional, like there's so much energy that happens in that moment that I get that your spirit form would be like, whoa, wowza, like gotta get out of here. Wowza. Slingshot out and back in. Like, yeah, gotta get out of here for a second. This is so much. Yeah. Oh my god, that is wild. I'm. I don't know why this is. <laughs> this is the thought that I had, or this is gonna make no sense to most people. But do you remember the episode of Hey Hey? Probably Arnold, not. <laughs> where he? I mean, because he lived in New York City and he had like a whole skylight above his uh-huh. bedroom. And sometimes he would see creepy things. And there was this one where this guy was like, this ghost was looking down through his skylight. But that's kind of what I pictured happening to the boyfriend. It's like, you know, you're like lying in your bed and you get like slingshotted so far up and that that you're like looking down on yourself almost from the sky, from outer space. And then you get sent right back in. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how long it lasts if it's just like that, just that moment. And then also he can see things that are happening in other rooms. Exactly. That's so fascinating. Is there a moment where there needs to be more information Vanessa, here? we need to do I a study on your boyfriend. Please send him over here. Send his astral being to us. <laughs> we have some questions. Vanessa needs to do a study. Yes, that's true. Like pay, pay, pay a little bit closer attention to him, I think, when he's just like 
sitting in a room because I'm wondering if he's zoned out, like if he's so in a meditative state doing something that he's unintentionally leaving behind his physical being and actually projecting and like doing stuff around the house. Does she walk by and he's like (laughs) just in another room? It sounds like maybe when his energy is so high, like what if like when he's super excited, he just like glitches out of his body for a second? That is a huge superpower. (laughs) That's incredible. I want that. I do too. I didn't know that was an option when people say, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? But now I think it's this. Excitement glitching? Yeah. And just, yeah, I guess actual projecting. Okay. okay. Just as a whole. Yeah. But then I like, I think it's cute that the excitement could like accidentally. Yeah. Throw you so much energy. It. Ah. Yeah. It's like the anger and frustration gets the, the Hulk going. Yes, yes, yes. But this is a positive version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All righty. We're just, we're going all astral paralysis. I love it. Everything this episode unintentionally. Okay. So this is from Grace. Hey, Ghostess says, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now, and I love it so much. The comedy you guys bring into your readings is so entertaining to listen to. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not funny. I've already, <laughs> I've already sent in one of my paranormal stories, but this time I want to tell you about something my dad experienced. He's a big skeptic about my experiences that I would tell him about, but he firmly believes what happened to him. Oh, my gosh. And he thinks it was caused by someone who was no longer alive. Okay, so he believes in ghosts, but only when what happens to him. You know, whatever you need to tell yourselves, it's uh, self-protection here. Yeah, you're just hoping it's a one-time occurrence and doesn't just exist in the world. In around 2004 slash 2005, I'd just been born in 03, my family moved into a new house, one that I still live in today. We moved into a family friendly neighborhood just in time for my brother to start elementary school. The woman who lived in the house before us lived alone and she had passed away, but we aren't sure if she died in the house. Mm. The way she came off in the story that my dad told me was that her bitterness from her life carried on into her haunting. Sad. My parents decided to start some renovations on the interior of the house, and while doing this, they were kind of talking shit about how the interior looked. They thought it was harmless. But my dad would come to find out that karma had him good. Late at night, my dad had heard noises coming from the guest bathroom. It sounded like someone was running a bath, so my dad got up and checked on it. The bathroom was empty, and my brother and I were fast asleep in our rooms. He chalked it up to his imagination, and he went back to bed. Later, though, he heard the same thing. He got up, he checked again, and nothing. He went back to bed and had only been laying there for just a little while when his alarm clock started blasting. It was around 3 a.m. And he had his alarm set for 7 a.m. He turned it off as quickly as he could, but soon after he felt a presence above him. Suddenly, he felt that presence enter his body and he was paralyzed. Enter. Enter his body. Possession. It's possession. (gasps) He was screaming at the top of his lungs because of how scared he was, and this lasted for a couple of minutes until the spirit had finally left his body. He was out of breath. What if, though, only his astral being was stuck in bed and his physical body moved around? Ooh, ooh, the uno reverso. It's creepy because I'm thinking of, like, the two astral beings, like her basically choking him out, like pinning him down, and then his actual physical body. I don't know. This is like insidious, just after the astral being. Yikes. Okay. That lasted a couple of minutes until the spirit had finally left his body. He was out of breath and sweaty, and when he looked over, my mom was sound asleep. 
He shook her awake and asked if she had heard any of that. She was obviously confused and said that she didn't hear any noises. And after hearing this, my dad got out of bed and checked on my brother and I, and we were also in a deep sleep. He believes that what happened to him was the spirit of the woman who lived in the house before us getting revenge on him for insulting her decor. <laughs> a little extreme, Very if you ask extreme. me. But to each their own, I guess. My family never had any other run-ins with this vengeful spirit, but to this day, I feel a lingering presence in that house that I just can't shake. I've cleansed my room with sage plenty of times, but that doesn't stop the paranormal activity. I don't believe that the spirit that lives in my house currently is the same one that nearly tortured my dad, because I feel a male presence, and the spirit seems to just be playful and have no harmful intentions. This new spirit in my house has knocked over cups rearranged my shoes, and even dropped my DVD player onto the floor in the middle of the night. <laughs> I do practice a mild level of witchcraft, collecting crystals, lighting candles, burning incense, having gatherings with my friend group slash coven on holidays or full Love moons. That. So I don't think the spirits see me as much of a threat, but just want to have a little fun spooking me. Thanks for reading. Love you, girls. See you on the other side. Grace. Yeah, those definitely sound like two different spirits. But then where'd this new spirit come from? Yep. Which I'm, I'm like, oh, hi. Welcome. Welcome to the home. Yeah. Um, What the heck? I don't do not like this. If this spirit that basically possessed her father, Grace's father, like I'm if it's if it's the same spirit of this woman who passed away, like why is she so angry? Well, that's kind of the thing that I don't get. I don't understand how she could have stopped or moved on because if that was if she had such a visceral and violent yeah. reaction to them changing decor, I just can't see her just being okay, move on. Just suddenly getting over yeah. it. Yeah. And moving on. So I'm curious what happened in the spirit world side of things yeah. for her to essentially s stop. I don't know. Or maybe she just wanted to do that once to scare them. And then it was like, yeah. Okay. I will say, like, I think I'm hopeful that I will have no baggage and I'll be ready to move on and be reincarnated pretty quickly after my life. But I do feel like it would not be fair to do that until I've haunted someone, you know? So maybe mm. it was like, I just need mm -hmm. to get this haunting over with. It's always been a lifelong dream to haunt someone, to give someone sleep paralysis, yeah. and then I'm ready to move on. Right. And maybe she was like, let's see how strong I really am, yeah. then realized how much she terrified him and then felt <laughs> awful and kind of scared herself with how much she mm. did. She was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I I did this, that I was capable of this. I didn't know my own And strength. then she just felt so racked with guilt. And she was like, you know, I'll just move on. This is their house. They can have it now. Okay. Yeah. I like that. It theory. does. The the flip side of this experience. Well, no. Never what? Mind. Were you going to give a negative? My train of thought is is nowhere. No, it's just gone. Oh. It just left. Okay. Well. I have no idea what I was about to say. Maybe your astral I being I like looked left. up and all the thoughts were gone. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me far too much. And I'm like, what? Maybe that is like your astral being jumping to somewhere else. Yeah. You've lost the consciousness. It's like I started the sentence. I had something <laughs> to say. What was it? I don't know. I don't know. It's gone. This is from our listener, Laura, and it's called Pele's Curse is Real, the time my klepto brother pissed off a volcanic goddess. Mm. This is a first for us. Actually, it's funny. It reminds me of this story. I think some a listener had sent us her brother had stolen a penny from a voodoo shop in New Orleans. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Hello, ladies. I'm a rather new listener and just finished episode 130 where you talk about Pele. And I knew I had to tell you the story about the time my brother triggered her curse. 
The summer before I started high school back in 2011, my parents took my brother and I on a trip to Hawaii. One day we visited Hawaii Volcanoes National Park on the Big Island. In the visitor center, there was a wall dedicated to Pele and her curse. The wall is covered with rocks that have been returned and letters from people begging for forgiveness and explaining what the curse did to them. My brother is one of the biggest non-believers in the paranormal that I know and didn't believe in the curse one bit. So he decided, even after all of the warnings, to take a rock from the volcano without telling us. It wasn't until a few months later after we got back that things started going horribly wrong in my family. My Jaji, Polish for grandfather, almost died of severe heart failure and my dad had a pretty bad stroke, and then a few months after the stroke was diagnosed with bladder cancer. I don't know how my mom found out my brother had stolen a rock, but she found out and was pissed. She was ready to strangle my brother when she figured out what he had done, and I don't blame her. My family had been going through a lot. She took the rock from my brother, wrote an apology note begging for the curse to be lifted, and sent it back to Hawaii. A few weeks later, my Jaji got better, and then my dad went into remission and has a clean bill of health ever since. My skeptical brother all these years later still denies the rock had anything to do with our string of bad luck and that it was all a coincidence, but my mother and I know it was the curse and that that curse of Pele is real. I had to share my experience with you. I moved to New Hampshire and my brother moved to Boston a year ago, and I absolutely love to hear Corinne talk about New England. I spent the last year visiting and exploring haunted cemeteries and other locations and documenting my adventures on TikTok uh, at, at Larry the Witch, if you want to check it out. Ooh. I have so many other stories, like the time my friend convinced me the ghost I saw was Bloody Mary, scaring me for life, or the time the ghosts of Gettysburg called me out by name. I'll send those another time. <gasps> Love the podcast. Stay spooky. Never change. See you on the other side. Laura. We need to hear all of yes, those experiences. Please email yes. us. But also, oh my gosh, that's too coincidental. And you have the evidence of thousands of people before you yes. experiencing horrible things, health issues, I tragedies, bad luck in their own lives after taking something from Pele. Yeah. And I'm just glad that Laura's mom found the rock and was able to send it back and apologize and like that that everyone's okay now, you know? Mm -hmm. I also, there's like this- restore the heart of Tefiti. It's like, you know, when you go to a hotel and they have a book of haunted records, like of people's encounters, I want so badly to go to this National Park Museum and read all the letters so badly. Wait, was it- was it when we went to the Bell Witch Cave? Did they have some of the letters? I think so. Am I making that I up? Think that they had some of them printed out and like on the walls? I think decor? they did. Or maybe I just wished that they did. And no, that's that why sounds it's a memory. Familiar. I don't know. But now I'm not sure if it's a memory because it's a memory of yours and I'm trying to remember it as a memory. <laughs> we'll call them and find out. But that would be incredible. Maybe that's our book idea, Sabrina. Okay, TM everybody. We just collect everyone else's curse stories. Yeah. Like some of – we'll do like a chapter on the most haunted places. Like chapter one is the Crescent Hotel. And then we get – we collect from all of the the staff and people who've been there all of their experiences. It's I mean, we – it's not our experiences, but but it's a collection of others. We collect it. But we write it. We do. We're the researchers. The collectors. 
The Collector. We are yeah, the Collectors. I like it. It's a good yeah. book idea. Or I think it is. <laughs> Add it to our list. Okay. Okay. This is from my... It's called Demons Galore. Oh. But it's not quite what you think it oh, is. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. I hope it's... Hi, gals. I thought it would be fun to share some interesting stories of things that I've encountered as a witch that practices spirit work. Ooh. Just as a heads up, witchcraft and Wicca are different. I know it doesn't seem that way sometimes, but witchcraft is a craft and Wicca is a religion, meaning there are rules like the threefold law that Wiccans have to follow, but the witches do not. Hmm. Anyway, as a spirit worker, I pride myself in working mainly with demons and unseelie fairies darker court that focuses on strength and survival and i wanted to clear some things up about demons they're not all evil oh what <laughs> i'm still scared but we're gonna learn we're gonna learn from my I love here to learn okay i'll tell you the story of how i met my first demon who is my best friend who helps me through panic attacks and rough times when i was in my second year of high school i had a health class that was so boring <laughs> The walls were blank white, and I knew everything that the tests were about, so I didn't really have to listen or study. Wish I could go back to that. <laughs> but while my teachers were teaching, I was trying to daydream like always since she wouldn't let me read or be on my phone. And something was different. My mind went fuzzy, and I couldn't focus. All of a sudden, this man was in front of my class, and he was hunched over since he was too tall for the room. His hair was long, black, and messy oh with twisted God. ram horns coming from his head. He wore a torn trench coat, had long black nails, wicked sharp teeth, and no eyes. His eye sockets were hollowed. This is horrifying. Was, right? It sounds terrifying. I would collapse I in fear. I am shook. But not my. My says, I was stunned by him, not in fear, because for some reason I knew I was safe. But I was stunned in his beauty, which to me sounds a little fey like, yeah, yeah. right? Isn't that sort of like the thing where you get sucked in and you're like, yeah. oh, beautiful. Because that description I couldn't is move, terrifying. Though. I know. Which is like, okay, well, I could, uh, people find different things. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't move, though, and my entire body was frozen. I wasn't even able to speak to ask his name. But he smiled, showing off his teeth, and I heard his name in my head, feeling like if I spoke it, I would be calling him to me. I spent years not knowing what or who he was, but while I would have panic attacks, I would call for him and would feel him touch me with such a gentle touch and take away all of my anxiety. Whoa. Later on, I learned that he was a demon that ate excess feelings, and he essentially waited for my permission to eat it. He – oh, my it. God. This is wild. I want that. <laughs> he was Eat. only the start of my love for demons, and I've met so many – that the only reason that they don't like humans are because of the stigma people have against them. So they find it easier to try and avoid people. Well, we've not done a good job of making them feel very comfortable, yeah. that's for sure. Another story I have is regarding ghosts. I have one about a child and some ghostly lesbian lovers. A friend of mine from our makeshift coven was feeling things happening at her sister's house. Confused and honestly scared because all of the weird energy she was feeling, she called me and asked if I could see what it was. One of my demon companions, I sent my spirit guide 
there to bring back whatever spirit was in her home and to bring me the ghost. Weirdly enough, I had found out that it was just a child ghost and she was scared and she was confused and her skin was blue and she was constantly shaking from the cold. Oh my gosh. And the only thing I could think of for the reason that she was there since she didn't know that she had been murdered and was buried without covering so she could feel the cold ground around her. She's currently okay, and she's living with someone I trust dearly that makes their house warm just for her, since we have no clue how to help her pass on. But she calls my friend her mom, and she'll follow her around like a little duck. I could cry. I'm like, I wasn't expecting this story after the demon one. I know. The other story I have happened to the same friend. She was having nightmares about a woman trying to kill her with scissors, and scared and unable to sleep, she called me for help. Through a lot of help from my demons and tarot card readings, we found this woman was searching for someone. No idea who. But we looked into it more and the woman was unable to communicate as she had let grief and rage take over her body and leave her as a hollow shell of a woman. So, of course, me and my friend cleansed her and the only issue we had was that there were these three Victorian-looking women that tried to keep us away from the scissor woman. What? Once cleaned, the woman fell to her knees and started crying, telling us the story of her and her lover, Rose. We found her name was Olivia, and she fell in love with this beautiful woman whose name was Rose. But her cousins didn't approve of their love, and with the help of their two friends, they convinced Rose to end her own life. (gasps) Olivia stumbled upon her body and and tried to resuscitate her, but to no avail. So she turned the scissors on herself, hoping to see Rose again. And they did for a quick moment before they were ripped away from each other once more. I asked my hellhound to sniff out where Rose could be, and after a bit, he managed to find her. When I saw her, I immediately felt chills. She had clawed up on her neck where the rope had once been. Once we had cleansed her as well as we could, we found out that Rose believed that Olivia was dead and that Olivia's cousins had killed her in an attempt to save her, clawed her neck to get it off. We explained to her that Olivia was dead, but looking for her, and she snapped to attention, and once they saw each other, they ran into each other's arms and kissed each other, crying. They're fine now. They're together. But they refuse to move on in fear that they'll be separated once more. I don't mind them sticking around. They're just happy to be with each other again. That's all I have for you now, but I'd love to share more stories. I really wanted to s- you to see how kind demons can be, like the ones that I have. Love. My, can we write a book about your life? Because- Oh my gosh. You're a hero. You brought together these spirits. I'm. This is a book. Maya's life is a book. Maya and her demons, it's a book. Or a movie. Right? And it's like a, a magical pairing. Yes. Like not, You're not just going and helping spirits- you're not helping humans separate from spirits and you're not helping spirits necessarily like move on all the time. You're just matching and making comfortable yeah. pairs for people that aren't ready like to this move on, girl. which I really like. That now has a yeah. warm home. No one's being abandoned. No one's being forced to do Olivia anything that they don't Rose want to. Are back together. Ugh. I know this it's such a like Romeo and Juliet situation. And uh, my thank you for sharing this information about demons. I'm I'm still I think I have a trepidation towards them because of everything we've heard about demons, but I love this mm-hmm. idea of a excess emotion eating demon. Like they they're not right? only after souls, they are after like um, other human things. And if it's yeah. taking away emotion that you do not need, please come take my, I have a lot. So please put a hand on me, eat it. Right. 
I wonder if Mai knows too the distinction between demons who have that sort of prerogative. Like that's their that's their end goal is doing something that it, it's a mutualistic relationship, right? Like it can benefit humans yeah. and it just as much as it benefits the demon. I wonder what the distinction is or what moment defines demons that are that way versus some of the demons that we've heard in stories. You know, like how do you know? I'm almost thinking of Finding Nemo, whether it's all of the sharks that are like, fish are friends, not food. And this is this feels like a little demon pack that has decided that humans can benefit them just as much as they can benefit humans. But I but there's a it's like vampires where that's not who don't eat humans. It's like Edward Cullen and the Cullens. (laughs) They're like, we can feed off of animals. We're in Twilight now. <laughs> Do you love Twilight? Oh. Okay. All right. I have one more story from M, and it is called, Was I Involved in the Diet Love Pass Incident? Greetings, amigos. Oh, I love that. Oh. <laughs> Me too. My name is M. They, them pronouns. I've sent emails before, but I wanted you to know how much I love your podcast. It really scratches that paranormal itch I get every so often. I've been binging again recently to catch up, and it reminded me of something that happened a few months ago. My husband and I were talking about the Dyatlov Pass incident, which I had always been fascinated by, and I had been arguing that there was no way it was just an avalanche. I didn't realize at the time that an avalanche was a bit different than I thought it was. He explained to me that there were studies done on the physics of snow and ice and that an avalanche could be just ice, enormous blocks of ice that can crush a human and devastate a campsite. That was the moment that something clicked inside of me. This new perspective on avalanches shook me in a way I had never felt before. And from that moment on, whenever I think about the Dyatlov Pass incident, I break into a cold sweat. Vivid feelings of alarm, panic, utter terror, and the rush of adrenaline that comes from dragging your broken companions out of their destroyed shelter wash over me. (gasps) I get very brief flashes of icy darkness and my heart races. I don't know if I was involved specifically in that avalanche, but the feelings are as real as if they were from my own memories. So maybe I think in a past life, I was involved in an avalanche that led to my death. That's all I have for now. Uh, But perhaps if I ever do a past life reading, I will unlock some new memories, which I will be sure to share with you ladies. Thank you for reading. Please feel free to read on the podcast and stay spooky. M. I mean. uh, (laughs) I know. It is. Here's what's interesting. I mean, there's a lot that's interesting. But (laughs) one of the things that intrigues me is that someone going somewhere for the first time or someone hearing a story for the first time can unlock past life memories. I think that that's incredible that like they truly consciously exist within us. They're just locked away. And it's just a memory that needs something to 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 trigger trigger and bring it forward. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's really, really interesting. And I wonder how much more exposure to stories like this may unlock more memories in M. But that is... Just the the visual of dragging your comrades, your it's friends, so your colleagues sad. in the night, their Horrific. bodies through the stuff. And now I'm thinking of maybe that makes sense, you know, because the, some of the some of the people, the, 
the mystery of Dyatlov Pass, part of what made it so unbelievable that it could be something yeah. like an avalanche, which now there's a lot of new evidence that's come forward that has has made it seem quite yeah. possible that that's what happened. But there's just like, you know, there were the people with like missing eyes and their tongues slit in half and decapitated. And, and then there's other people that were just like naked and just their bodies far away or fully clothed and like a mile down down the road. But now it's making sense, you know, like the idea that some people were so severely injured and those that weren't were desperately trying to drag their bodies and to help them out, but then they themselves succumbed Ugh. to, you know, the the elements. It breaks my heart. It I, really does. Yeah, Em, I'm really curious if you were to do a past life reading because I, I just I, – I want everyone to do a past life reading and to send us all the information because I just want to know everything. Like that story – you and I should do one. Okay. Want yeah, to? Yeah, let's do it. Should we do it? Should that be our Halloween special? Yes. Okay. Let's do okay. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, there's so many mysteries that we all have that we, we, we need to unlock. I know I talk about Many Lives, Many Masters constantly, but have you – did you actually ever no. read it, Sabrina? Mm-mm. No? I do okay. need to. I'll buy the book for you one day. I think I have it. It'll be one of oh, – Did you, you get it Did me? I get it for you? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Uh, actually, no, Probably maybe like, I think I have the boy it. who was raised by a dog. Oh, you gave me that one too. Okay. So then I don't think I have many lives, many masters. Okay. I'll give okay. it to you. <laughs> don't buy it. Okay. It'll be one of my future gifts. Perfect. It's on my list. <laughs> All right. I have one to end us on. This is from Liz. It is called Summer Camp with both Sasquatch and Ghosts. <laughs> this is a good one to end on. <laughs> Good evening, ghostesses. My name is Liz, and I've listened to your podcast since the very beginning. I love it dearly, and I even have gotten my father-in-law hooked, so now we geek out over your episodes together. Thanks for putting so much work into entertaining all of us spook seekers. I love that, spook seekers. Today, I'd like to share two experiences that my brother has had at summer camp. I'll refrain from sharing too many details about the camp for privacy reasons. You can you can just tell yeah, us just and we'll tell know. others. We just need to know. And also, <laughs> I don't want these stories to scare anyone out of sending their kids there. Ah, that's a good point. Mm. This summer camp, located in northern Minnesota, was founded in the 1950s. I feel like this is a lot of information. People are going to be able to figure it out already. <laughs> Was founded in the 1950s and has grown to accommodate approximately 250 campers and 90 staff each week for 12 weeks, June through August. Camp programs include horseback riding, sailing, fishing, canoeing, hiking, mountain biking, and much more. My brother and I attended this camp as kids and we loved it. So much so that we both became staff members upon coming of age. Oh my gosh. He was a counselor and myself as a camp photographer. As a counselor, my brother was given one night off per week, which he was allowed to leave the camp property and get away from the children that he was in charge of for the week. A colleague of ours had a family cabin on a nearby lake that staff would actually walk to, and for this reason, it was a popular night off location. Plus, it had the amenities of a good time, video games, food, air conditioning, etc., My brother opted to join a crew headed out to what we called the Cooper Cabin, named for the lake, not the family, and staff had a curfew at midnight, but my brother decided to head back a bit earlier than the rest of the group, around 9.30 to 10 p.m. So he begins his solo walk on the trail from Cooper Cabin back to the camp. This trail is carved into a hill where the lake lies about 10 feet below to the left, and the hill continues steeply up to the right. About halfway back to camp, my brother hears a small rock skid past him. He said it came from behind him, 
So he stopped, immediately annoyed, and assumed it was one of the guys that he was just spending time with back at the cabin. Ha ha, you missed me, (laughs) he says into the darkness. But there's no response. He shrugged, and he continued his journey. But only a few steps further, another stone sails past him. Oh my gosh. This time, from the hillside. Now he suspects another colleague is in on the prank. So he simply shouts, knock it off, guys, it's dark and you might actually hit me. He continues walking further. And at this point, he's listening more closely to his surroundings and realizes that there's another set of footsteps other than his own. But they stop when he stops and continue when he continues. At this point, he's creeped out. The guys he left back at Cooper Cabin are pranksters, but they're not this sneaky nor silent. Surely, by now, they would be cracking up. Before he could pick up his pace, he feels and hears a large rock fly above his head from up the hill. This is scary. It lands with a loud splash in the lake. This is so dangerous. Yeah. Come on, Bigfoot. Jesus, you're going to hurt Violent. Someone. So violent. Makes me think, like, is this how they hunt? They just try to, like, knock people out of consciousness and oh. eat them? It lands with a loud splash in the lake, and the distance covered was about 30 feet. None of the staffers that he was with at the cabin could possibly lug a stone that big that far, so he runs as fast as he can back to the main camp. There he finds me, and he tells me this tale. He told me, it was just like those Bigfoot shows that you watch. It felt like one was stalking me from behind, and like another one was up on the hill throwing rocks. Although he didn't see a Sasquatch, he felt very strongly that that's what it was. Yes. From that moment on, we were both much more wary of night hikes on the campground property. And to top it off, the cast of Finding Bigfoot visited a nearby town that was dubbed itself as the Bigfoot capital of Minnesota the very next summer. Coincidence? No. No way. We don't need convincing that there is a Sasquatch in those woods. No, you don't. No. Was his brother- The fact that it happened the next year, too. Was being hunted. Like, they just had to live with it for a year, being like, is there a Bigfoot here? It sounds like they knew, and and that was just confirmation. I mean, I'm assuming that all of these kids are like 15, 16, that are counselors, like maybe 17, and they're walking alone. Yeah, scary. Sasquatch is stalking Uh. them. Very scary. The other encounter my brother has had at this camp took place when he was about 11. He woke up in the middle of the night not feeling well, and campers are not allowed to leave the cabin at night without a counselor to accompany them, but my brother was a rebel and he decided to take himself to the nurse's lodge. Making his way past other cabins in the dark, another counselor spotted him. Hey, where's your counselor, little man? He asked. Sleeping, replied my brother. I don't feel well. This counselor agreed to escort him to the nurse. And the two had some conversation on the way about how my brother's week was going and how he liked to camp. The counselor got my brother safely to the porch of the nurse's lodge and allowed him to enter the building on his own. He wished him a good night, and he hoped that he felt better in the morning. The next day at breakfast, my brother tried to find the counselor in order to thank him. However, he couldn't seem to find him anywhere. He asked his own counselor to help him, and he described the man he'd seen. Unfortunately, he never asked the man what his name was, and my brother's counselor didn't know of any other staff members fitting the description that he gave. Oh my gosh. It wasn't until 10 years later at the camp's 60th anniversary weekend – oh my god, I already have chills <gasps> – that we learned his nurse escort's identity. Oh my gosh. At this event, camp laid out decades worth of photo albums of past alumni, campers, etc., my brother and I were flipping through the books together when suddenly he gasped. That's him. That's the counselor that walked me to the nurse. Ten years later. I looked at him confused because I truly had no idea what he was oh talking gosh. about. And that's when he shared this story for the first time. Up until that point, he had no idea that he had had a ghostly encounter. The photo he pointed to in the album 
was that of the only person that had ever died on the camp property. I won't share his name for privacy reasons, but this gentleman worked as a member of the boathouse in the 60s, teaching kids to sail and maintaining the boat. While sailing the lake with campers, an unexpected gust of wind caught the sail and then, boom, swung around and hit the staff member in the head. This blow knocked him (gasps) unconscious into the water where he unfortunately drowned. And 50-plus years later, his ghostly apparition is still doing his job, caring for campers and making sure they have an amazing time during their stay. That's all for now. Thank you so much for reading these stories. See you on the other side, Liz. Oh, my God. I'm starting to tear up. I don't know why this is, like, really getting me. Because that's incredible, and it's so sad that this man lost his life, but that he's still there watching over all the campers. Oh. I know. He just cares so much about their safety. You really are. Sure are you crying? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. I'm like trying to keep my eyes open to dry out the tears that started to well. It's just so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad he's there because I love Bigfoot, but I don't like when Bigfoot tries to murder know, children at the campground. Nice. So I'm just happy that there is a spirit that's so kind and helpful and cares for the kids that's also mm-hmm. putting in effort in being out there in the night and trying to interfere and help people. Yeah. But it's also just, oh my God, I can't even imagine how awful that was for the campers who were out there with him, for him Ugh, so you know, to pass for his family, for the whole camp. It sounds like he's a really great guy. Yeah. That's just it's tragic when I wonder something like that if happens. his spirit has seen Bigfoot. Like I wonder if Big Feet, Bigfoots. What did we decide? Bigfoots. I think it's Big Bigfoot. Okay. If they can see ghosts, because if not, then I wonder if the ghosts are seeing Bigfoots all over the place. Oh, it's like you get you get a leg yeah. up. You know, they can see the Bigfoots, but Bigfoots maybe can't see them. But I don't know. I don't know, because given some of the evidence of uh, Bigfoots being potentially interdimensional creatures and being able to cloak yeah. themselves and having all these extra powers, perhaps they too can can see the astral they beings. Are, yeah, they know everything. They can do anything. They can they can throw massive rocks, apparently. So, yeah, how scary to think that that's, you know, how they... Yeah, I don't like that. ...potentially... Hunt, they have bad you know? aim, though, it's, if it's, it's scary. if they threw that many and didn't hit Liz's brother. Right. Which I'm glad. Yeah. It's just kind of making me think of orcas. Like, there's a whole coordination, like, song and dance going into your your prey Oof. being the predator. Wow. It does make sense, too, now when you think of all those campers that go missing mm-hmm. or people that are hiking in the woods and people don't yeah, really know what happened. hear it. And there's no sign of a scuffle. Yeah. Perhaps it's literally they're just knocked unconscious. And grabbed before they can drop to the floor. Corinne, I just had an idea yes. of a movie. <laughs> it already exists, okay. but I'm just changing it. I need to write down all of our all of our ideas right now. Hold it's on. Shrek. Let me pull up my notes. Corinne, it's Shrek, but with Bigfoot. And you are <laughs> Princess Fiona, who at night turns into a Bigfoot. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you fall in love with a Bigfoot, but you have to decide... <laughs> Will you transition full time to Bigfoot to be with Bigfoot? That's a hard predicament. I mean, I haven't <laughs> experienced the plot of the story yet, but if it's anything like Shrek, there's so many other magical friends That's true. to be had, and you can still communicate and chill with the mm-hmm. humans. So if that's the case, then yes. But if I had to cut off all contact with you, with my family, with people in general, I'm not, You're not sure. I don't know. I don't know if my love with yeah. Bigfoot could prevail. Yeah. Yeah, you need more than just you you two, you know? Yeah, I don't want to completely abandon my life just to... Just for love. 
<laughs> just for love. But it's true no. love, Corinne. <laughs> well, we, we'll come up with some arrangement. Okay. You know, six months in the woods, six months yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. It's like your vacation home and then, you know. Yeah. We'll be one of the couples that, like, don't actually live together, so you sync up a few times yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Long distance. Have you been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was so fun. I um, love encounters. And it, what a great way to watch the sunrise and to wake up for me. I know it's gotten so much brighter in your room. And now I have like a little bit of a shadow on my face from my microphone. A whole day ahead. Yes. Well, we will see you next week for a regular yes. episode and encounters because yes. we're doing more, we baby. Can't wait. Extra stories, so extra many stories. We hope you guys follow us on social media and rate and review us on mm-hmm. iTunes because those are very important things for our podcast. And also we want to be your best friends on social media. So come say hi. Um, we have YouTube. Watch us on YouTube. Hello. Yeah. We have TikTok, Facebook, um, all those things. And then uh, merch. Patreon. Patreon. And merch. Yes. Patreon, check it out. I've, we've tried. We put in a lot yes. of effort to make our Patreon nice and yes. shiny and to give people exclusive content yes. and access to us. So we're proud of it. We hope you guys like it. And if you join that and by rating and reviewing and all that other stuff to support us, it definitely helps us with our our many business yes. ideas we have it and does. potential new ventures and moving those things along. So thank you for your support all around. Yes, thank you to and Aiden Manning. Welcome to the spooky season. And Eric Foster and Max Lodian and the entire team at Fire Digital. Thank you for editing our audio, our video, our TikToks, all the things. Thank you for all your work. And we will wait. I feel like you always – you get upset every time I don't do the new version. Okay. Do you not want to? We do you hope to see you. don't you. need to. I just was going to like, you know, mix it okay. up. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. You're like, oh, no. I just, no I'll, I'll okay. say it. I'll say it because you – I don't want to break your heart today. I've got it. We really do hope <laughs> that we get to see you on this side. But if we don't, we will see you, see you on the, the other, other. – side. I always look off into the distance when I say it, like, that's the other side over there. Very spooky.